politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to fight anew for everything that actually matters in our lives, life, liberty, property, down to our human cells and our viability as a human race in this Fourth Reich. Yes, welcome to the Fourth Reich. Uh, Daniel Horowitz back here today, Tuesday, Valentine's Day, the 14th. And finally, our book is out for purchase. You can order it, get it within a day if you have Amazon Prime or however you get the book. And folks, here's the question. Was the genocide of the past few years that is still going on and really just beginning enough to activate us? Or do we need something worse? Because I can tell you, they have more prepared just in the medical tyranny sphere before we get to other things. And that does tie into the Ohio explosion. I've been watching it from afar. It's been festering. And I figured, man, I wanted to talk about my book today. But then I wanted to talk about Ohio. And then I realized the two go together. Because the simple point is, it's not just the fact that COVID fascism is the biggest story of our life. It killed between the creation of COVID, the blocking of treatment, remdesivir, the clot shots. It destroyed our our liberty. It destroyed our breathing. It killed probably 13 to 15 million between the shots and the virus. But that what it demonstrates is that there's quite literally nothing government won't potentially do to us. That is the rise of the Fourth Reich. It's the recognition that we can no longer live peacefully in Norman Rockwell's America and think life is fine. I mean, you know, rural Ohio certainly looks like Norman Rockwell's America. No. There is nothing they won't do to us. It doesn't mean that every disaster that goes on and mayhem and people dying and destruction and environment, food, fuel, anything is always being caused by them. But it means that they have the motive and the means. That's what we've learned. What more could you do to a person? Well, I guess we could think of more things. But that is the clear lesson, and I want to tie it all together. So again, make sure you order your copy. Um, Go on to uh, Amazon. Please leave us a five-star rating. It really does help um, because the industry is going to try to bomb our book and get people to put one-star ratings on there on Amazon. So if you do like the book, it really does help to, to write a review on Amazon. We got to keep this at the top, we got to go blow past Mike Pompeo's neocon memoir that he got all Fox News and the GOP to sell. And he probably has lists as the State Department secretary. He probably has lists of every Republican email in America. So we need to blow past that because we need to get this issue at the forefront, not the back front. We're losing on every sphere of this. They're doing it again. And they're potentially doing other similar calamitous cataclysmic events that could kill just as many people. So connected to that, our sponsor today, youthswitchmd.com. Okay. Boy, is this product needed for those of you who got the clot shot and now need to repair your damaged DNA 
and prevent that that prevent cellular repair. Um, there are products needed now more than ever to extend your lifespan, improve your immune health, make you feel younger. Um, according to a Harvard scientist, Nobel Prize winning breakthrough, absolutely. What does YouthSwitchMD.com do? What, what's their product? What does YouthSwitch do? It lengthens your telomeres. Telomeres are part of that end of the chromosomes that shrink over time. And the more they shrink, well, it, you lose some of your DNA, you start aging, you start getting sick. And, and that, that's a big problem that was identified in numerous studies as one of the key uh, vulnerabilities to dying from COVID. And also, also, if you die from COVID, clearly you're going to die from the COVID shot. More likely, if you have shortening telomeres, Youth Switch is an all-natural, doctor-approved and manufactured. It has a potent blend of adaptogens that promote healthier telomeres, longer lifespans, boosts your energy, your immune system. You could try Youth Switch for yourself risk-free today and receive a free bottle of Ageless Brain as a bonus. Another great product improves focus, memory, mood. Plus, you get four bonus eBooks on boosting every aspect of your health and longevity. So go to youthswitchmd.com slash conservative to claim your supply of Youth Switch and all five bonus gifts. Five. That's youthswitchmd.com slash conservative to order your youth switch today. And folks, this, this is just really scary when you look at the potential carcinogens from that release, that controlled explosion that they did of that um, derailed train of vinyl, liquid vinyl chloride, which likely turns in when it's combusted into hydrochloric acid and phosgene. This is a massive, massive story. I mean, even before we get to the cancer bomb with COVID and the COVID vaccine, obviously, you know, it's just so many people have been dying young, young from cancer. Why? We need to get to the bottom of this. And it's just so clear that we have a government that will slaughter millions of people. Except what, what we demonstrate with the Fourth Reich. And here's the key of the book. Here's the key problem we have that I'm trying to get you all activated on and for you to become ambassadors and join our teams. It's just as diabolical and actually even more deadly because of the just technology capabilities and global reach than the Third Reich. But it's more subtle. You don't see the slaughter like you see in China, Iran, North, North Korea. You don't see it. It's a, it's a very subtle thing. But nonetheless, it's straight up and direct. They literally killed millions with the creation and proliferation of a virus, the blocking of treatment, and the foisting upon us remdesivir and the clot shots. Okay, we, we, we've done this many times. We've put numbers on it between the two. Again, clearly well over 13 million people in my view. Globally. And, and, and in America... You know, who knows? One and a half million, something like that. And that's crazy. Anything, there's no way they would poison our food, our air, our energy. No, they, they do it. They do it straight up. They know it's a problem. They put this on the childhood schedule. 
They just purchased another 1.5 million doses of Novavax. It's literally not being used. They purchased it anyway. Killing people doesn't matter. That's the era we're living with, where the more their policy is exposed out in the open, the more the policy doesn't change, and they actually double down on it. And that's why when we have the balloons and all these UFOs, and then now this derailment in Ohio, and the, and the, the fact that they blew it up, the biggest, potentially the biggest natural or environmental disaster ever, and they're not addressing the widespread concerns of people in, in a huge radius of the area. The air, the food, it's confirmed that fish and animals have died well outside of the evacuation zone, which was shockingly only one to two mile radius. And to this day, nothing on the website or social media of EPA, Department of Transportation, um, the Federal Railroad Administration, whatever they call it, uh, there's, there's the other agencies, uh, uh, hazardous ex- uh, materials and pipeline, whatever agency. Um, there's the the Chemical Safety Administration or whatever that is. There's tons of agencies. We don't hear a word. We hear about greenhouse gases. Oh, carbon dioxide. But the worst carcinogens blown up with a plume all over an entire state and even farther than that it's like it's not even a story most people in the country don't even know about it so I don't know whether the government derailed it I don't think they did I mean you have derailments every day that's not the main that's not the issue but ordering it to be blown up and then not helping the people properly and then even now no concern it's a blackout media blackout government blackout it makes us wonder yeah are they trying to kill people? I don't know the, the answer to that yet. I don't like saying things unintelligently if I don't have proof. But the point is we know they can and would do it if they so choose to do so because we live through it. But it's all so subtle. We're going to talk about some of those subtleties. These observations that you cannot get out of, but they're just so subtle. Like, oh, so you want to kill people. But it's not like you see them you know, roaming the streets with machetes, you like like you know in Rwanda, you don't see that. That's the subtlety of Western genocide, which really was the Third Reich. Everyone thinks of the Nazis as Auschwitz, but it but the lesson, a big theme of our book, is it didn't start with Auschwitz. It started with this total state public health nationalism. That your liberty is subservient to the better good of the public health. And then they can do whatever they want to you. We've been experiencing controlled de- demolition of the country, its sovereignty, its culture, its economy, for years. That, that's been my whole lifetime. But what COVID fascism introduced is the direct destruction of our ability to even enjoy life and liberty in its most temporary sense. You can no longer fiddle while Rome is burning. Because you, my friends have now been thrown into the fire. You're not a bystander. You're in it. And by the way, they believe warp speed was a success. And they're saying that, and they're doing it more on everything. But it's subtle. You don't really see it. You don't see 7 million dead bodies piled up 
in a in a in a you know concentration camp. You don't see that. Although we do have the imagery of this Chernobyl-like plume in Ohio. But I want to get back to that. Instead, I want to start with COVID fascism today and where we are. And then and then work back to the Ohio situation. Our other sponsor today, folks. You know, one of the things I do to chill out sometimes is listen to country music, other music. And it's always good to unplug and, and just give your eyes a rest from the screen time, which is terrible for me. I'll probably be disabled from it. So I recommend the best earbuds are wireless earbuds from Raycon. Okay? Make it your New Year's resolution to peel away a little bit. And you know what? If you want to order the audiobook instead, by the way, I I recorded um the the intro and the closing argument of the trial. Uh the witnesses are voice actors. So you could order order the Rise of the Fourth Reich an audiobook. Listen with your Raycon everyday earbuds. They look f- and feel and sound better. They're optimized gel tips for uh, give you a perfect in ear fit. Nothing fits into my ear except for this. They give you eight hours of playtime and thirty two hour battery life. Raycons are priced just right. The only quality audio audio for half the price of the other premium brands. It's no wonder Raycon has fifty thousand five star reviews. So, again, um, fits well. They also have noise isolation and awareness mode. So if you're walking down the street with it, you don't get pummeled by one of the uh, dudes released by jailbreak uh, that preys on people that aren't aware of their situation. So go to buyraycon.com slash conservative today. Get 15% off your Raycon order. That's B-U-Y-R-A-Y. C-O-N.com slash conservative. Buyraycon.com slash conservative for 15% off. So again, folks, I just want to announce with the book it, a couple things. If you can order one for your legislator, your your congressman, that would be great. Um, if you can give us a five-star book review on Amazon, that is a massive, massive help. And then also one of the things we're trying to do is use hash, hashtag on Twitter, those of you who are on Twitter, hashtag Nuremberg2, the, the number. I'm not spelled out, but the number. Nuremberg2 is the hashtag. When we tweet about the book, about COVID fascism, about the, the vaccines and what they're doing, um, one of the things, a real fun thing I do want to announce is that Steve Dace, who's my co-author here and my one of my best friends, he is debuting... His movie, Nefarious Plot, which ties into this in the spring. So we're running a contest through Friday. Anyone who tweets the best promotion of Rise of the Fourth Reich and use hashtag Nuremberg2 and tag us or Steve or myself, um, but make sure you use the hashtag Nuremberg2, use your best creative skills and trigger pharma and the fascists with a promotion and we'll select the best post the winner gets to go on a free trip to see steve's premiere and i'll hopefully be there i can't guarantee just with certain family events but depending on the date steve will definitely be there you will be steve's guest of honor um it will either be in dallas or nashville at this point but you know we'll we'll give the details so again hashtag nuremberg 2 
So I want to start out with a story from Wyoming. We've been covering the Wyoming legislature a lot. And when Steve asked me to join him in writing this book, I, I, I really was very reluctant. I was like, I don't, I don't have the time. It just takes away from my other work. And, you know, I'm trying to work things anyway. Why do, why do we need this? And, and I also thought that by the time it would come out, which, you know, unfortunately took a long time, it would just be old already, we'd be on to something else, there's no need. And then here we are, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, there's more need than ever. We found out the genocide of what did happen was worse than I even thought. They're not even stopping the mandates in the hospitals, the mandates in all these states on schools, if not for this shot, but other shots, and we can't even get legislation passed anywhere. And a big part of our book... A big part of our book was on the denial of treatment of people dying when they themselves said COVID was the greatest threat imaginable and and needed to be treated. And before they even had their deadly treatments, no treatment, they blocked it viciously beyond belief. And we chronicle that. And that's a devastating observation that is not just, oh, it's farm agreed, it's political. It's the rise of the Fourth Reich. They want you dead. And to this day, we have not rectified that. I know North Dakota passed something blocking pharmacies from blocking prescriptions. But, and maybe one or two other states, obviously Florida under Governor DeSantis' executive stewardship, they can't do that. And I'm assuming that is going to be a, a bill in the uh, this term in the legislature But we have not rectified this in most other red states to this day. We know they're coming up with more viruses. We know they've depleted people's immune system. We know people need to get a hold of of this stuff. How have we not legally precluded this from happening again? And remember, hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin are the tip of the spear. They, They have demonstrated there's a lot of material on this. They are trying to go after vitamins and supplements. They're going to go after anything that actually works. Keep in mind an interesting thing. Everything from Big Pharma, they promoted up the wazoo. So the poison of Molnipiravir and Paxlovid, you could get for free without a prescription. Yet with a prescription, they'll block the best broad-spectrum uh anti-inflammatories, including stuff that was around for decades, fewer adverse events than Tylenol and Advil, and won a Nobel Prize, and is designated as one of the WHO essential drugs. That's the Fourth Reich. It's not like you see people killing people. You don't see it. But you see them, but it's subtle. They foist upon you deadly products, block things that will kill you. It's kind of like quietly setting a building on fire, trapping you in it, blocking your escape, and then pumping gas into it. That's a, that's a very vivid but very on-the-money metaphor for what they did to us. But you don't see chopping off of heads. And that's the problem, so we don't get people activated. And even myself, I've been focusing more on the legislative um, to-do list of you know, we have in the last chapter of the book after the trial – on the vaccine stuff, just because that's more what's going on now. You know, COVID, thank God, is is finally over with by hook or by crook in the sense of 
you know, if, if you got it already, it shouldn't be deadly, so you're not really in need of treatment. So I haven't been pushing this legislation. I haven't even been monitoring it. But evidently, there was a bill in Wyoming that I missed that was just blocked in the Senate to, to prevent, you know, pharmacies from blocking, to make sure medical boards cannot take uh, adverse action against you, and just in general to make sure that prescribing off-label is not considered... Um, you know, you know, negligent practice. Simple bill after everything we know. And yet it was blocked in the state of Wyoming. And this is the thing. The industries are all on the ground there and our people, they just don't see it. I guess it's, it hasn't gotten bad enough. I guess it's got to get worse. And again, I'm not lecturing you. I'm lecturing myself, all of us. We just get distracted from one thing to another. There's a reason they're talking about the balloon, but not the Ohio explosion and COVID fascism and the vaccine deaths and died suddenly. And by the way, I'm sure you saw Hamlin uh, gave his first uh, interview after you know collapsing on the field and miraculously recovering. And it was the most bizarre thing. The interviewer asked him, asked him hey, what did the, you know, you're in top, top health, you're young, did your doctor ever say what he thinks happened? And he pauses and he says, um, uh, it's, it's an awkward pause, like 15, 20 seconds. And he says, I'd rather not talk about that. Whoa. Welcome to the Fourth Reich. But folks, so this legislation, it, um, Wyoming House Bill 119, State Rep. Sarah Penn from Riverton, Wyoming, a nurse practitioner, sponsored it. And evidently, it did pass the, the House, about 48 to 12. So we lost maybe, you know, seven rhinos, but most Republicans voted for it. So so it passed, okay. You would think, I mean, it, it, it's so innocuous. And, and I want to I keep in mind, see, this is a shield, not a sword. Meaning... What I mean is we're not going after their products, like, you know, or even going after the mandate of their products. It doesn't touch their stuff. It's just our stuff. We just want the ability. Just don't punish me. We're not funding it. We're not asking the state to pay for it. We're not asking them to, to the State Department of Health to recommend it, to promote it, to do anything. Just saying, just don't punish doctors for prescribing it, which is unprecedented in medicine. So it passed the House, comes to the Senate... Uh, committee on, I guess, Labor and Health, or whatever they call it, Health, Labor, and Social Services. There's an article from CowboyStateDaily.com that encapsulates what we're up against and why red states aren't red and why we're asleep and why we're going to continue to suffer from the Fourth Reich until we wake up. The title is Want Alternative COVID Medications? Not in Wyoming, says State Senate Committee. And it just it was a stab in the heart. Like, that's the type of thing you expect in California, like not in California, like what? There are two freaking Democrats, two left in the entire state Senate. Not enough to populate all the committees. And indeed, there are no Democrats on this committee. There's five members, they're all Republicans. And the bill lost three to two, won't even make it to the Senate floor. Even now, even after everything we know, And um, let me read to you a little bit. Willard Woods, a Wheatland doctor, was fired in 2021 by Banner Health, owned Platte County Memorial Hospital, for prescribing HCQ 
and ivermectin. He said of the 750 patients he prescribed, no negative outcomes, no complaints. So they actually did have people who were given it and they recovered and they cried. It was very emotional. They actually did have testimony. It wasn't like we didn't have testimony. They had doctors. He said he had an amazing success rate. Um, but healthcare industry people testified against it and they came down. And it takes out one mechanism for how the medical community police themselves, said Sheila Bush, executive director of the Wyoming Medical Society. She couldn't name a single problem with it. Think about it. You have the COVID shots that now account for 60% of all medical code diagnoses, 24,000 of them, of injury, of the realm of possible injuries you could have in, in medicine. Reported to VAERS. Okay? We now have millions dead and injured. We have every organ system. We have the heart. We have cancers. We have everything. Negative efficacy up the wazoo. And yet that thing's handed out like candy. That's still mandated. And these same SOB vermin dog Republicans in Wyoming voted not just where we weren't to take that off the market or to punish anyone for using it, which it should be. Just, just defensive. Don't mandate it. Don't mandate it. We couldn't get a bill like that passed. Yet when it comes to this, so you'd be like, man, they're just all for anything that treats COVID. Remdesivir is still the standard of care when not a single doctor will tell you it's safe and effective. Molnipiravir, Merck's COVID drug, they paid over a billion dollars. It was never used because everyone agrees it's mutagenic, it's dangerous mechanism of action, doesn't work. But technically, you can go into a pharmacy and get it for free, and you can get it without a prescription. Paxlovid, 31 contraindications, including every drug that every senior is on, statins and steroids, causes a rebound with every famous person who got it and every non-famous person who got it. Leaves a metallic taste in your mouth. It's an age drug, and it's novel and new, and that's what we know right now. What don't we know? Yet it could be delivered for free without a prescription by a pharmacist. Same time, nobody could look you in the eye and say ivermectin is anything but safe. That much, that, that is impossible. Okay, so with the efficacy, they, you know, pharma funded and Bill Gates funded these fake studies, so it confuses things. All right, you think it doesn't work, you think it doesn't work, okay, whatever. But certainly, it's harmless. And there's a lot of other broad spectrum benefits to the immune system, anti-inflammatory, tons of papers on the net. No one could disagree with that. And again, we're not trying to say make this the standard of care. Have the State Department of Health recommend for it. We're just saying don't punish doctors for prescribing it. Okay, you can't consider that misconduct. And no. Most of the medical lobbyists testifying against the bill said they have no problem with the general prescription of off-label drugs, but wanted an immunity clause put in place within the legislation to allow action against doctors when their prescriptions don't work. So think about that. Think about the juxtaposition. You have a drug that 
is on the hook for liability, right? The makers of it are on the hook for liability. It's not exempt. There's just nothing to hold them liable for because it never causes problems. Doctors, they're on the hook for it, like any medical malpractice. But they want an extra clause to say, you, we want to be protected from your malpractice of HCQ and ivermectin. Yet these same bastards from the pits of hell will tell you they want a shot that has already caused more harm than every product in the history of humanity put together. Exempt from all liability, funded, distributed, marketed, recommended, and mandated upon every human being in perpetuity. Think about that. These guys wanted to know about accountability. And Paxlovid, it's a new drug. We don't know anything about it, but what we know so far is problematic. Do you know it's completely exempt? And a non-doctor, the, these same bastards have no problem, none whatsoever, with a non-doctor dispensing it. No concern of liability, nothing. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is not right or left. This is not conservative, liberal. I don't care what your politics are. I don't care if you disagree with me on every other issue. This observation is devastating. It's the Fourth Reich. It's genocidal. Again, that's the point. It's not like, oh, we have, you know, very strong regulation. Or on the other end of the spectrum, very loose. You could kind of do what you want. It's regulatory capture of the Fourth Reich. It's If it's something that achieves our deadly goals, we'll have zero regulation. Even if it's dangerous. If it's something that gets in our way, even if it's safe, we'll, we'll just ban it all outright. And again, that's what you're seeing them doing on the environment. And energy. All this stuff. We have regulatory capture. See, it's interesting that the EPA goes off on any last thing. Oh, and, and the EPA for years went off on vinyl chloride. And now you freaking, the government working with Norfolk, whatever, the co private company blew it up and created a massive plume. And now you have fish dying all around. The EPA didn't even put out a statement. Not concerned. Interesting. It's funny because as much as they hate big companies and manufacturing, but not all of them, not all of them, there's regulatory capture. That's the Fourth Reich. But could you imagine this going on there? You know, people brought up how their lives were saved. Okay, you want to compromise, have a compromise bill, nothing. It was all the industry lobbyists. All the industry lobbyists. They control everything. And this, my friends, is how it's going to continue to be until we wake up. And I know it's largely, we have, we've had some successes, it's largely too late for this legislative session. But we need to work off-season. Don't wait until next January. Now, on all these people to demand to build campaigns on each one of those items. It's in the last chapter I lay the outline of reinstating the Nuremberg Code, reaffirming it in law and policy,
and making sure that this never happens again because it will. It can and it will. So again, I mean, I need the, the this is the problem. It's quietly happening. Not only aren't we redressing it, it's getting worse. We're defeating the bills to the extent we can even get them introduced. And they're planning more. Let me just say this, folks. Why I wrote, another reason I wrote the 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 book. I'm just going to give you an example of one disease, one disease of many they plan on releasing. On April 22nd, 2021, so almost two years ago, Gavi published an article, The Next Pandemic, Marburg. So Marburg is a nasty cousin of Ebola. It's a hemorrhagic fever. Um, kills, they say, 88% of, of those who get it. It causes your body to bleed out after you experience the typical, you know, respiratory viral symptoms. So, as you well know, Gavi and Bill Gates seem to uh, very accurately predict what's coming next. Then I see, yesterday, a story all over the news. Equatorial Guinea. Okay, it's like Central Western Africa, the African Western African Horn has confirmed its first outbreak of the Marburg virus, a highly infectious and deadly disease similar to Ebola, following the deaths of at least nine people. Nine people. Interesting. Where did that come from? Then I see, and I just saw it this week, but evidently this was two weeks ago, the NIH puts out a media advisory titled Marburg Vaccine Shows Promising Results in First in human study. Again, they call the shot, you have an outbreak, and they have a vaccine. This vaccine uses, so it is developed by Fauci's NIAID. <clears throat> the vaccine uses a modified chimpanzee adenovirus called CAD3, which can no longer replicate or infect cells and displays a glycoprotein found on the surface of MARV, that's the virus, to induce immune responses against the virus. The CAD3 vaccine platform demonstrated a good safety profile in prior clinical trials when used in investigational Ebola virus and Sudan virus vaccines developed by the VRC. In this study, 40 healthy adult volunteers were enrolled at the Walter Reed Army Institute of Research Clinical Trials Center in Silver Spring, Maryland. I'm sure that's totally safe. They received a single dose of either a low dose of the vaccine or a higher dose. For safety, the volunteers were enrolled in a dose escalation plan. Okay. Plans are in place to conduct further trials of the CAD3 Marburg vaccine in Ghana, Kenya, Uganda, and the United States. If additional data supports the promising results seen in phase one trial, the CAD3 Marburg virus vaccine could someday be used in emergency responses to MARV outbreaks. How about that, folks? They will do this. How in the world? After we know they created it, we know they created more, we know that over the last 50 years, a number of the viruses were either lab leaks or purposely created. From Ebola to HIV to... And then you have the whole, um, you know, anthrax attack. And... You have, obviously, RSV, and they're coming out with RSV. How do we not have an immediate hair-on-fire county, state, federal government approach to ensure, to ensure 
that all gain of function is over with and criminalized to ensure that these dangerous vaccines are blown up, to ensure they can never be mandated or on our bodies, the, the life and liberty aspects, to ensure that we always have treatments that, that between us and a doctor we can get a hold of to treat this crap they throw upon us. And we just walk away. I don't understand my colleagues. They have ADHD. They can't focus on anything. And again, to the extent there's news stories that we worry about the government killing us, guess what? Guess what? It's all born out of this. So here's the thing. I, I cannot tell you definitively. I don't have the subject matter expertise, and even if I did, we don't have all the details to know, to say definitively 100% that the government did the wrong thing ordering the train derailment to be blown up last week. But what we, here's what we do know. It, is, it has never happened. It appears so far to be a greater disaster than we ever saw with something like this. The people in the impacted areas, which could be a massive, massive area, are very concerned and are talking about getting sick, experiencing physical health problems, fish dying, chickens dying, well outside the evacuation zone. There's concern about the air and the, and the water. And they said, go back home, no problem. They do have EPA on the ground kind of like checking things out, um, but nothing publicly no press conference, no anything, not a single federal official, because this is all state and local that we're talking about it, ordering it. Most people outside of Ohio, maybe you know Western Pennsylvania, they don't even know this is happening to this day, much less that we're 11 days into this. Okay, I want to be very clear. A lot of people are saying trains derail all the time. We're not talking about a train derailing. That's not the point. That happens all the time. What doesn't happen is a spill of such carcinogens with explosions, and then rather than cleaning it up, the government blew it up, or the, or the company did, um, Norfolk Southern Railway Company, and then they're like, go back home, it's fine. It doesn't make any sense. Now, I, I didn't notice this happen right away either. Um, so this happened 11 days ago, Friday night. Friday night, you had a derailment of a 50-car train. Again, for those of you, a lot of you probably don't even know this. It, it was carrying, among other things, probably a million pounds of liquid vinyl chloride. It was carrying it from Illinois to Conway, Pennsylvania, and it, and it derailed in East Palestine, uh, Ohio, 21 miles south of Youngstown, just west of the Pennsylvania border. And this was Friday night, so it created a fire. Right away, they evacuated people that with the Ohio National Guard, um, you know, within like only a mile radius. Okay. Um, and then, fine, all right, whatever. You know, that, 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 that is a, it's a big derailment. Nothing. I didn't even know. But then on Monday afternoon around 3.30 p.m., so this is uh, eight days ago, uh, Governor DeWine warned about this, that they were going to have a controlled demolition of the wreckage, and they did it. And it created a Chernobyl-like plume. And they only evacuated a one- to two-mile radius, depending on which direction, one- to two, one or two-mile radius. Now, again, I don't know. They're, they're claiming that, you know, it could have 
if you would have tried to go the typical cleanup route. In the meantime, it could have exploded on its own and created like a shrapnel problem. Now, again, you any of you who's who's a subject matter expert, expert, feel free to email me, Daniel Horowitz at starmail.com. But the reality is, what? Wait. So the shrapnel radius would have been greater than the potential radius of a mushroom cloud of hydrochloric acid in the air and water. I mean, I have a hard time believing that, but nonetheless, they say they had to blow it up. Okay, I, I can't say that definitively. But either way, that is a dangerous thing, and that's a big story. And how the government and the media is not full core press, the concerns, what you need to do. I mean, we had COVID, a respiratory virus. I mean, the world was shut down. They wouldn't shut up about this. And here, they won't even talk about it. And the people there are rightfully concerned. Whether it was right to blow it up or not, I think it is pretty clear a one to two mile radius was not enough. So OSHA views exposure of one ppm of vinyl chloride over eight hours to be hazardous. Just that, that's just the vinyl chloride. And I'm not talking about, oh, like everything causes cancer. You know, like everything causes cancer. No, no, this is really like everyone agrees is very carcinogenic. And that's as is. But once it's combusted, see, here's the problem. You blow it up, it's even worse because then it could produce hydrogen chloride and uh, chloride and phosgene, which could be immediately lethal. And then obviously the hydrochloric acid that rains down. And that could be a carcinogen for years to come in an unknown um, radius. And that's just the air before we talk about the Ohio River and the tributaries going to Mississippi and everything like that. Then we just found this out a day or two ago, much later, the EPA sent a letter to Norfolk Southern stating, because they have a list of the mast, what was on the tankers. In addition to the vinyl chloride, there was... um, Ethylene glycol monobutyl ether, um, ethyl exyl uh, acrylate and isobutylene. All very dangerous substances, carcinogenic beyond belief, causes burning to the eyes, yada yada. Okay. Um, so, oh, and by the way, another important thing is, so what I gather is they seem to say like, no, the, the quicker way of diffusing it is to just blow it up and and they did it properly they 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 blew it up in a certain way oh okay i i i could i could get that the problem is and and this is reported by the local news and meteorologists as well i mean it's it's mainstream it's all open source if you want to look it up this thing rather than dissipating immediately as hoped for that's not what ultimately happened There's a meteorological phenomenon known as an inversion layer. It kept a thick, concentrated cloud that when... So so typically, most most winds in the country move from west to east. That's the most common. So it thought Pennsylvania would be threatened, but it wasn't. It wound up going um, northwest. So it basically nailed... This plume nailed the entire Ohio and even into Toronto and Michigan. So that was a big plume. Um... It, it did not do so so again even if no foul play which I don't think there was foul play in the derailment but that's the point 
We know there was foul play in killing and killing millions upon millions of people with COVID in the shots to this day. Oh, it killed millions out in the open. Let's go put it a part, part, part of the child immunization schedule. Let's mandate it even more. Let's get RSV. That's the understanding of the Fourth Reich, that they have the motive and means to do this. Whether they did, I'm trying to figure it out. But let's say it was innocuous. Let's say they thought they did the right thing. And maybe you and I, if we would be a subject matter expert, we would have made that call too. But clearly, the notion that after the plume did that, all of the local, you know, fire and you know emergency people pursuant to the and both the Ohio and Pennsylvania governors said on February eighth, so two days later after the blow up, so this would have been Wednesday, all clear, return to your home, even in that one mile radius. Much less the fact that they didn't evacuate people further. Now again, you have to check some of these claims. People are claiming things, but there's too much of it now promoted by too many mainstream sites that are painting a picture. An Ohio woman claimed her chickens died suddenly 10 miles away. She actually has a, a cam, a, a video of it happening uh, Why? while she herself says her eyes were watering from the smell of the combustion. Fish are dying well beyond the evacuation zone. And this is an official from the Ohio Department of Natural Resources told a local uh, station um, they found uh, 3,500 dead fish within a 7.5-mile radius. Does that necessarily mean everyone within 7.5 miles or 20 or 50 miles will die of cancer? No, but that is a big concern that would warrant a full court press from the government and the media advising people, is it, is it really safe to be there? You know, they, they are focusing on the drinking water and getting the EPA is in their testing. They're not saying anything about it, but, but it's much bigger than just the water. And the bigger issue is we don't, need, we don't know if we could trust them. Obviously, in a viral, a viral comment to WKBN, Sil Caggiano, he's a former battalion chief with the Youngstown Fire Department, hazardous materials, materials expert. He, be, he said famously, we basically nuked a town with chemicals so we could get a railroad open. Now, I'm not saying that's the motivation and the, pro, the proper diagnosis of what happened. I can't conclude that, but that definitely has to be suspected. And, you know, we don't know, but clearly this is a bigger deal than they're making it out to be. Again, a lot of people say, oh, derailment, derailment. No, no, we're not talking about the derailment. We're talking about their decision to blow it up and the observed fallout from the blow up and their actions, what they told the people to do and not do. Like, really, suddenly they're not worried about panicking people? See, in the past, I would have just say, like, you know, they were trying to just quietly, maybe they're quietly verifying it's not a problem, and I trust them. But that's the point. You can't trust our government. You can't trust them. They would, be, they would do this. He said, I was surprised when they quickly told the people they can go back home, but then said if they feel like they want their home tested, they can have them tested. I would have... Far rather they did all the testing. There's a lot of what ifs, and we're going to be looking at this thing 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the line wondering, gee, cancer clusters could pop up, you know, well water could go bad. I mean, again, you see the plume from from pilots. You see it um, in that atmosphere, 
Remember what we saw on 9-11 and what happened there. And 9-11 was a building. A building, jet fuel, a plane. And, you know, the materials and combustion created from that. These are prima facie, prima facie, super carcinogens and has hazardous materials. And then combusted in such quantities. The entire country was hunkered down for several months from a respiratory virus. But this is barely making headlines. Most people don't know what happened. EPA Administrator Michael Regan has not said a word. Nowhere on social media, the EPA, him, press conference, Buck Gang, the, the, uh, the Transportation Secretary, amidst a ton of pressure from Tucker got on it yesterday and whatever. So at 8.24, coinciding with Tucker's show, he tweeted. Very interesting. He tweeted, like, yeah, we're looking at some concerns. So kind of dipping his toe in. Not saying all clear, but not panicking. But how does that go 10 days? 10 days! Something like this. Where is FEMA? Where is FEMA giving a statement? It's on none of the agency websites. You know, this is not the 1700s. You want to say it's just state and local, deal with it? Fine, I could, I, could, I could deal with that. But that's not the society we live with. We live in a society where you have 10 government agencies, federal agencies with jurisdiction, and they jump on things one one millionth the magnitude of this. I, I think, you know, what, what, what perfectly encapsulates the sentiment. Again, I'm not saying, here, I'm not saying definitively that they purposely did this, purposely blew it up, to give people cancer for 20 years down the road. Although I wouldn't rule it out, and they definitely have the means and the motive to do that. It's just a question of if they did, and I'm just not going to assert it unless I have evidence. But I think what we do know, what perfectly captures this, again, juxtapositions are devastating. When we talk about, oh, so you're going to block a Nobel Prize winning drug to even optionally be used, but you're going to mandate something proven to be deadly and affect every organ system and basically um, cause every injury under the sun to the extent that it accounts for 60% of all medical diagnosis codes. So similar thing here. You have a company that wants to you know, do anything with transporting hazardous materials. They're all over you. This reg, that reg. Carbon dioxide is a pollutant, is dangerous. Greenhouse gas is dangerous. So under that model, and the EPA is has doubled its budget since five years ago, this is like the Super Bowl for them. So Stephen Malloy, he's the, he's the guy who has junkscience.com. He's an oil and gas guy. So you know, he knows about this stuff. And, and he, he put out a statement. We've had him on the show before. And I think it perfectly encapsulates the sentiment. I usually try to calm people down about slight exposures to industrial chemicals. But it's necessary to call out the government's secrecy, hypocrisy, and arrogance with respect to the East Palestine train wreck that released involving 1 million pounds of vinyl chloride. EPA has spent the last 50 years scaring people about chemicals like vinyl chloride, saying that any exposure increased risk of cancer and other illnesses. 
Now, just days after a massive accident, EPA wants residents to believe that it's safe to return to their normal lives despite lingering odor and dead animals. EPA has yet to release exposure data or air, water, soil measurements to the public. As of last night, EPA had not even mentioned the accident on its website or issued a media release about it. I would add it's not on social media. People are understandably scared and wary of returning home. I would not trust the railroad company nor EPA, especially since they are not communicating with the public other than to blithely say it's safe to return. Recall the 9-11 first responders. EPA said the air was safe. That was a lie. Recall the burn pits in Iraq. The military said they were safe. For the soldiers, they weren't. Train wrecks with vinyl chloride have occurred many times before. An AP report referred to one as death by the carload. Despite that, such accidents seem worse than they really are. Vinyl chloride evaporates quickly. The burning helps get rid of it as well. And he, he tries to say that, but it is vital to know what the air, water, soil data are. What other chemicals was the train carrying? And by the way, now we know there's there's four others that were very hazardous. The public has the right to know now. We have laws to this effect, but the ever-arrogant EPA does what it pleases, and the MSM lets it get away with it. Imagine this was the Trump EPA hiding data and giving dubious assurances of safety. Also, and, he, and this is very interesting, when talking about the Fourth Reich, Big Pharma, it's true of everything. We're not into heavy regulation as conservatives, but here's his, and, and, and certainly Steve is not. But, but this is an observation. Also, EPA has a weird relationship with big companies, having captured them over decades with regulatory and enforcement threats. And of course, companies purchase politicians. It's hard to know what the relationship between EPA and Northern and Norfolk Southern is. It could be it's best for both to downplay the incident, clean up, and move on. Norfolk Southern will be bailed out by insurers. I'm only confident that the interests of East Palestine and its residents are at the bottom of the list of priorities. And that is our government. But to me... Again, I, I'm not, I don't want to say anything definitive. The only thing definitive I could say is that the threat of this is much worse than what they're making it out to be. And it is stupefying in an era we live in. We have 1700s, like 18th century level coverage, meaning we're 11 days into this. And this is how much that's even being covered of something that is much, much bigger than that. Okay, at the end of the day, like, there's one thing if, you know, we had this kind of debate before they blew it up last Monday. My gosh, you do this, it's going to do this. And then prima facie, there's no problem. But they do it. And you have that inversion layer going so far. You have the dead fish and animals and the smelling, the odor, much, much farther than one or two miles. But then even within the one to two miles, they immediately have them return. Much less investigate how far this has gone. I'm not saying they're not investigating it privately. I'm sure they are. But nothing, no press conference. I mean, this is a type of event, if a Republican would be a president, the, the president would have had, had to have given a, given a press conference. Forget about the EPA administrator, uh, transportation secretary, um, FEMA chemical safety board or whatever that is called. This is insane. But whether it's the Chinese balloon, whether it's this, whether it's COVID, whether it's the next thing, our government will at a minimum keep responding to things in a genocidal way 
if not creating them in a genocidal way, they will keep getting away with it until we have, we force the issue. We need national divorce. But in order to get national divorce, like we said, you have to make Wyoming, Wyoming. And the special interests control all 50 states. Although in Florida, it's, it's slowly ebbing. And perhaps that is the answer. Maybe later this week we'll talk about, as much as I'm not into the presidential election, there is something about the platform of the presidential run itself that perhaps could be a force multiplier with the right person and the right voice that finally speaks to this. Because there's only one man with a platform like that, that day after day is holding press conferences, speaking to this, but he's only talking to Florida. What if he had a national platform? And that's what I'm starting to warm up on. Like, I wasn't so into DeSantis running. I felt he'd be better, you know, running state, you know, um, divorce rather than trying to be the guy in charge of the feds that we want to divorce from. And I still feel that way, but perhaps the actual campaign itself, which is a long process, maybe that is what we need. I don't know. But folks, the biggest thing is that the biggest issues that need to be brought to the forefront are buried by both political parties, both movements, conservative media. The balloons are not where it's at. There's a reason they suddenly want to talk about the balloons. I'm not saying there's nothing there, but relative to these two issues, it's insane. Rise of the Fourth Reich. Please purchase your copy. Give us a five-star rating on Amazon. And again, hashtag Nuremberg 2. We got to build this movement. It's so much more about the movement than about the book. It's a rallying cry. As you well know, I'm not lazy. Write a book and make money. I write hundreds of columns and shows and put out more information than even that's in the book every day, every day. We're going to keep this up. I need your movement. ConAction.network if you want to join one of our legislative strike first teams. Folks, this is real. We're not just watching the fire. We're in it. We need to get out of it. Till tomorrow, may God save us and may God bless us.